0: Welcome to Revoicing the Future, a Women of Nam podcast presented by AKG. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. Just as one revoices a chord, Revoicing the Future creates a completely new perspective on the invaluable notes that make up the whole. It will uplift women's voices in the music products industry, which have earned their time to be the root of the chord. Once a month, you can catch productive and valuable conversations with women working in manufacturing, retail, the nonprofit sector, music education, touring, and overall women who inspire us. So without further ado, let's get started. up everyone welcome back to revoicing the future i'm your co-host natalie morrison live at the nam show i am here with my posse <laughs> i'm changing it up now yeah i love it do you want to introduce yourselves hi i'm julia i'm the podcast
1: editor on the mic this time Woo! Um, and i'm stephanie i'm the co-producer and you hear me on here often talking as well yeah and we are. It's <laughs> five. And it's five, <laughs> and it's five o'clock on yeah, Saturday. And now, it's, Saturday.
0: It's and Saturday and oh, We're feeling it. And But we are so thrilled to have Kirsten, Matt, the artist relations manager for Azuljian and Thick Firth. Whoop, whoop. I am happy to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> we're just so thrilled to have you. We've been talking about this for a while, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really?
1: Since we started this, I was like, oh, my, Christ, my friend Maya's aunt is like <laughs> so badass and we need to have her on. And it just like, and, and so we were trying to figure out who we should do and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is going to be there probably. So here we are, See? finally, a year later probably since I started talking yeah. about this, two
2: years later. Two years later. We've been doing late, this yeah. for two years. So for the record, I'm the cool ant, Okay? Yes, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah,
0: putting that, like, just yeah. out there in the world. That's part of the job title. Right, exactly. Like
1: relations for Zildjian Big Bird, cool ant Exactly. Yes. So,
0: <laughs> tell us about yourself. Like, who you are, what you do. What do you do when you're not at work, too? Like, I'd love to just get curious the whole.
2: Who, like, are, who are, you? are you? I work. <laughs> what is not at work? <laughs> Wait, tell me more about this not at work thing. <laughs> I, I um, wish I could. <laughs> right, exactly. I th- one of the things that I think is sort of uh, unique about these jobs, uh, there really isn't a time that you're off because everybody that we work everybody that I work with, they're always touring, they're always in the studio, and things happen, and hey, you know, a lot of times people don't understand, like, the time difference issue. Mm. So, you know, it's really awesome that it's, you know, nine o'clock in the morning in Europe but it is not nine o'clock in the morning in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. so when you get those like hey all my gear got stolen can you help me I'm like in about eight hours (laughs) you know so um, there's I mean there's not a set schedule there's not really weekends off you know vacations can be dodgy but I've gotten a lot better about I'm going on vacation (laughs) so um, so when I'm not working I I have three kids so that's a different Kind of job. Um, I have horses. Ooh. I grew up riding and showing competitively, so that's awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't show anymore, but I still um, I still ride, and you know I just I love hiking, and I have three dogs, and. Kids and that's the majority of my life. <laughs> are, you, are you from Ventura originally too? Did you guys grow up there? Thousand Oaks, yeah. Oh, cool. okay. yeah, so Yeah, exactly. Cool. Picturing you riding horses through those beautiful mountains. Oh. Yeah, it's a good life. That's it, pretty tight. It's funny where my horse is now. She's out in Moore Park, and she's out in just like there's not there's like a hundred acres of oh. nothing. So that's nice. Lucky horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's lucky me. It's kind of my zen. <laughs> to go out there. You know, yeah. when I have that, that is the place where I, I think everybody has a place where you're most you. Oh, yes. I love. That. And for me, it's it's with horses. As much as I love music and I love what I do and it, I am so passionate about it, if somebody went, hey, I got you a ranch in Wyoming and you can just go and live there with your horses, I'd, I mean, you wouldn't see me leave. I'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. just like they wouldn't have finished the sentence. I would you're Irish thought. goodbye that. Yes. <laughs> well, it's so
0: interesting, too. I was literally just thinking about this, like, as you're describing, like, your hobbies. But everyone we've talked to does something different. Oh, like yeah, outside the, of the outside of. The, outside of outside of work in air quotes but like it's just so interesting how everyone has like
2: something unique right makes them who they are and that, that's it it's the place where you're most you you're, yeah. you're authentically you i want to let's start asking it that way
1: like where and what is the place where you feel most you i love that mental note yeah anyway, <laughs> mental note that's, that's beautiful you're welcome To <laughs> yeah. yep Tia. Kristen. thank you cool all right well to dig into it i want to talk about your career journey um because also, you've been at, I mean, I'm sure there was a pre-Zildjian. Right. But it's been for 27-plus
2: years now, right? It's roughly, yeah. Um, so how did you find Zildjian at high level? It was, uh, yeah, we found each other in a weird way. Aww. It was just, we ran across the room, we saw each other. It was oh. glorious. Me, <laughs> <laughs> no. A me
1: cute. Yes,
2: exactly. Um, I did a thing where, uh, when I was in high school, I was taking some classes at UCLA at the same time, and there was a woman there who was my professor, this all kind of ties back into riding horses, so Mm -hmm. showing horses competitively. I retired at 16, and a couple of other my friends who, uh, we all went to school together, and they were on a competitive show circuit, so we all kind of retired at the same time for various reasons. So we're idiot 16-year-olds with, (laughs) you know, too much spare time and a car. So we're like, oh, what are we going to do with all this spare time? So we we all loved music. It wasn't anything like, oh, we're going to go party and whatever. We we would sneak into clubs and see bands, and I was Fun and uh, this professor that I had, she's like, I know you're not really supposed to be here. She's like, What are you doing with your life? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, so um, she was friends with people that worked at Zildjian and she said, Well, why don't we get you an internship and channel you know some of this energy and you can figure out what you want to do. So at the time um, when I was going to college, I was uh, studying philosophy, I wanted to pursue a law degree. And I started realizing, like, litigation is a lot of... It, it didn't have the change of pace all the uh. time. I, You know, when I started working at Zildjian... Um, which was really every day is different. Mm. You know, you're always dealing with different people, different situations, um, and even in you know 25, 27 years of doing it, I don't think I could tell you like every day is the same. Mm. Which really, really helps. Um, I did. I worked for a record company at one point. I worked for Geffen Records. Um, I like think I was 19, um, which was fun, but record companies are weird. It's a weird environment because that side of the music, music industry is really different. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, did yes. And literally Yes. you acknowledge <laughs> it. Right there. That, <laughs> You know what? That is perfect. Because everybody's had that experience of being a young female in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> if you don't want to get coffee or do, you know, other things, there's not. The opportunity is not always there. Mm-hmm. So um, the ones who survive and thrive in it, more power to you. But it was it's frustrating because you're never taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that for a little while, which it was a great experience. Um, and it was a great experience in learning how to navigate the politics of corporations. Um, and then I was I was actually an assistant stockbroker at one time. Wow. Also fun, because again, a different type of corporate America. Um, and all those experiences, I kind of went. Okay, I think I know how to navigate certain situations. And when the when the I, the opportunity came up to go back to Zildjian, I was like, I'll do that for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, right? <laughs> Twenty seven years later, right? So it goes fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I've I've been afforded the opportunity to grow and learn. So, which I think is pretty unique. Yeah. Um, and when I started in this, there weren't. I mean, percussion is a very, very male-dominated, associated kind of industry, and there weren't a lot of women doing it. And the fact that they did afford me that opportunity to grow was, I think, pretty unique.
1: That's amazing. I, well, because that was what I was curious about. Like, what, what about... Zildjian kept you and that is so that would you wrap that up that it was like how their care in you as a person as well.
2: Yeah I mean honestly I mean I can really legitimately say that I have grown up here. Wow. And even Craigie Zildjian who's um, you know she's the head of the company she's you know sort of the elder statesman of the Zildjian company at this point but like you know I knew and worked with her father and now I'm working with her niece and you know the family is really involved so again I mean we're next year is the 400th anniversary of Zildjian. Wow. Right, and I feel like I've been around for most of it. But, oh, <laughs> you know, but a company that has succeeded and thrived for that long, and now to have really all women at the helm, it again, it's a really unique situation. Wow. Yeah, 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 and
1: you kind of rise through. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, like the, yeah, yeah the, the talent and skill rises. Right. That's very cool. Yeah, so, yeah, and in that, I mean, we. I feel like it's so interesting now. I feel like a lot of people, but, I mean, you did this as well, but in the early stages of their career or even throughout, people hop around a lot. Right. But, you have people like you and, like, my dad. My dad's, like, in his 25th year now, I think, will be next year. Or 22nd or 25th of being in this role that he's in right now with them. And so, like, what, um, was there ever a time that you wanted to leave absolutely and like what kept you like how did you navigate that decision making
2: process um a lot of time well okay so this company it's a very small company no matter what as big as it seems we're we're the industry leaders in symbols and drumsticks now but um there are times where you kind of go all right have i i've peaked i've hit that Mm -hmm. glass ceiling kind of thing and there's always been little things to kind of keep my interest and uh, keep it new and fresh to me where it's like okay you know now i'm not going to do just artist relations this job it's everything kind of comes through artist relations a lot like you know your marketing because it's like all right if we want to do a campaign well they'll come to us and go who should we use that kind of thing so it's not it's not very stagnant you can you have a you have a larger voice than you think Mm. so that's what's kept it interesting and you know interviewing other places and talking about the jobs and you kind of go i don't know yeah you know it it's easy to get comfortable and i would absolutely tell people who are looking to work in this industry work as many places as you can Mm -hmm. learn different companies learn different cultures different corporate cultures especially now um just acclimate yourself to the situations. Mm-hmm. so well, and corporate cultures are changing so much now, it's, it's, it's so totally much yes. so yeah, yeah, people are empowered to kind of find one that fits them. They don't need to right. And I mean, I will absolutely say this is not the same company I started in. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same industry I started in. So I guess you have to it has to be evolving a way that's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. So cool.
1: It's good. thanks. Mm-hmm. So,
0: You were segueing very nicely into the next (laughs) topic, but I'm really interested in, again, like you've been with this company for like 27 years or so. So what does the landscape of artist relations look like now versus when you started and what are some of those biggest evolutions that you've experienced during your tenure? This is a there.
2: fantastic question because it's something that I speak about with people who approach the wanting to be endorsers and if we had this conversation fifteen or twenty years ago it would have been, oh well here's the checklist of things you have to have. You have to have a video on this thing called MTV. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, do you have a song in heavy rotation? Are you on this station? You know, are you on HFS in Washington? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you in heavy rotation on K-Rock? I mean for obviously mainstream music and stuff like that. Now that doesn't exist anymore. So we really have to evaluate each situation. Cause really mm-hmm one of the things that's most frustrating to me because really we are a marketing tool. So unfortunately the people who have the biggest reach, we go, Oh, immediately, what would you like? You know, that kind of thing. And then you have somebody who has a super tremendous amount of talent, but they don't necessarily have the reach. Now social media has been the game changer for everything. And you know, it's been fantastic, but it's also been hard because now it's like, all right, well you have, you know, 500,000 followers on Instagram, you have Mm. this YouTube channel where you have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, you have a Twitch stream, all that kind of stuff, but you don't really have a gig. So you have to really evaluate each situation now for, uh, you know, and I don't like saying this because I feel like it sounds kind of gross, but for the marketing potential. Mm. That said, I think we have a really great program where we are still allowed to develop artists so it's nice to find somebody even not even necessarily like oh there's this great kid you know kid 16 20 whatever but people all throughout the industry we can really really develop people still so that's one thing that hasn't changed that I'm very very happy about but again like how we approach it I almost like it better now because we really are allowed to evaluate each situation. So
0: That's really interesting. So how has your identity as a woman intersected with this, if it has at all? Like, ha- has this experience evolved, too, over the years? I know it's a very deep question, but I'm so curious Okay. this.
3: Seatbelts on.
0: Oh. oh, oh
1: let's let's go. go. You can edit this, right?
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Um, Okay, so starting in this as a 16, 18-year-old female, you know, let's say probably the level of respect (laughs) was a lot different. (laughs) Um, And in general, you know, there weren't a lot of women in the production industry doing, you know, in managerial roles or even, you know, product roles. And there was a long time where... People were very dismissive of your ability, your product knowledge, that kind of thing. Um, it's honestly, it has taken me a long time to establish that I know my shit. You know? Um now it's really been interesting because I've been doing some podcasts on our booth and I've had artists coming in and just talking with them just about life and how we know people. And I've had more people come in this year and go, man. Your ear, you know, you are... You know, I trust you to pick everything for me, that kind of thing. I mean, it's so hokey and so trite and hackneyed and all that. But I was like, you guys are going to make me cry. Why don't... You know, I mean, okay, I get it. Um, the culture is different now. Yeah. So there's a I There's a lot more respect for women, but sometimes I feel like there's more respect for women out of fear. Ah, that's interesting. And fear of repercussions, you know, and and the cancel culture and that kind of thing. I want you to respect me for my knowledge. Let's have a conversation because I don't, you know, there are some people I can go. I've hit more symbols than you have. I realize this is what you do for a living, but this is what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. So let's sit down and talk product and then kind of try and win people over that way. Um, I had, at one point uh, years ago, I I had an assistant who was male. And this was always interesting to me because people would come in sometimes, some guys that very much had that, you know, mindset of they would defer to him on things. Yeah. They would ask him questions and, you know, ask him for opinions or decisions and this and that. And he'd look at them and go, I don't know. You have to ask her, you know, she's the boss. And people would kind of go, oh, I see much less of that now in the industry in general, not, not as a personal experience. Um, so I do think people are becoming a lot more open-minded and I hope that, I'm helping <laughs> change people's minds.
1: Huh. That's true, That feeling is just a little sad. That's exactly how it is in the motorcycle world, too. Right. Like, whenever exactly. we're just like pulled over somewhere, everybody will go to Tracy with questions about my beautiful classic bike. Right. And he's always like, ask her, it's hers. Like, yep. But that is the weirdest <laughs> feeling. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, big ups to the dudes that people go to for that and seamlessly bring it right right back like that's how we also built that up but like just acknowledging
2: that feeling is (laughs) or just like great 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 and and that's funny because (laughs) i mean there was there was a point where you know i would be i would be really indignant about it and now i'm kind of like cool i can help you or not yeah you know yeah (laughs) yeah it's about them more
1: than it's about you and you have to make it about them
2: because you have to Teach them to change their mindset without them knowing they're being taught. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Ooh, <laughs> I love
0: that. Okay, last one for me. Okay. What would you say are some of the qualities that have that makes one a successful artist relations manager?
2: You have to fundamentally like people. Mm-hmm. Um really truly do. Yeah. And yeah, the thing that I love is I I think everybody has a story to tell. And I love people's stories, and I love, its again, super hokey, but, I mean, so many artists are really, truly family, and you get to know them, and you get to, you know their background and their lives, and I have more conversations with people about, like, hey, you know, how are your kids? Oh, so, you're, you know, your kid's in college now, and that kind of thing, which... I mean, it's the human condition. You know, we, yeah. we want to connect and we want to know each other. And it really allows you, it affords you an opportunity to have those relationships with people that are surprisingly fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: that's huge. So you're talking about stories that <laughs> you are having with your colleagues and their family. And I imagine that throughout your career, you've heard a lot of advice. Some great, some probably not so great. Yes. And I'd love to hear your take on the best advice you've heard Mm. and the best advice you would give. Because you said the industry has changed so much. Mm -hmm. So I imagine some of that advice is probably more or less relevant today than
2: it was when you received it. Absolutely. Um, And some of the... There's... um, we had somebody who worked in the factory for years and years and years. And he was always like when I would get super, you know, upset about things or whatever. and He was always kind of that voice of reason where he's like, take a step back, you know, just mm, you're OK. Cooler heads prevail, that kind of thing. Um, I think that is some of the best advice I've ever had. Where It's like, you know what? Step away. I'm that person where I'll write an email and delete it. You mm-hmm. <laughs> know, yes. just Ooh. because. I mean, I've I've learned I was much more of a hothead in my younger years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that I would absolutely say to somebody, especially a young female starting in this, where it's like again, you have to give people the opportunity to learn that you are capable, and you know don't don't immediately discount somebody because oh well it's a young girl she, oh she's at the front desk whatever she's just answering the phone that kind of thing so you know you can show people you know what you're doing and they'll figure it out so that's great i love Thanks. that <laughs>
3: It seems like you put a lot of emphasis on valuing your own voice. Like I've heard you mention that type of phrase several times and I think it's so important to hear women talk about that. Value what you have to say, your experience and um, having that flow through what you say as your voice but also just in your person and what you're doing and how you
2: approach life and work and conversations. I think it's huge and I think it's huge in a position like this because you know, your voice can be very loud while you're still very quiet Mm. you can say things that are so impactful that you know you can make a you can shut a room down very easily (laughs) um with just that that sort of think it through and because we all think of things differently we approach things differently some of the you know i've been in rooms with people where it's like oh okay you said that but okay imagine being me imagine I don't know if we're allowed to say this <laughs> so there was um we had a product out one time that had uh, it had a, a name that could have been as a young female I'm going would you like to try this i'm like everybody every man in this room you guys look at this and be me for a second asking a man if they'd like to try this product and everybody went oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. oh no. I was like, i'm like thank you that's all i have to say So, <laughs> no. so don't be afraid to speak up for yourself um but also pick your battles. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're gonna die on that hill, go all in by all means. But th- I try to think three steps ahead. Where okay, if I do this and I get my way on this, what's gonna happen with that? So it, you know, it's it's strategy, but it's also you know you're doing it for the greater good. So. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs>
3: that's that's great advice, but also just great life
0: advice just for everybody men and women I need to hear that a lot sometimes (laughs) because I'm very much like I'm gonna keep going and I'm like when is it
2: well okay here's the other thing that somebody a roommate once told me that has stuck with me my entire like since I was 19 years old he said nobody is going to be selfish for you Mm. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. Chris Chaffee if you're listening (laughs) carry that with me in my heart yes (laughs) um and selfish has such a negative connotation but there is a virtue in that selfishness to quote i rant um yeah. but there really is you have to know that it's okay to stand by what you believe in mm-hmm. and if you get to a point where what you believe in does not align with who you're working for it is time to move on yeah so
1: yeah that's
3: my
2: other advice <laughs> Love
3: that. that's huge it kind of parallels with advocate, advocating for yourself being your best advocate mm-hmm. in, in what you're doing and what you're saying but also in, you know, Staying, sticking up for yourself mm-hmm.
2: and um, valuing your voice. So I tell that's... artists that all the time, especially drummers. You know, they come in and I think they're sort of like the unsung. You know, everybody thinks, like, you're the drummer. You're not a musician. Oh, yeah. You're not an artist." But I'm like, "This is a business for you too. Don't ever forget that. Wow. You know, and the fact that you are passionate about your business and what you do for a living." That is one of life's greatest joys, but don't ever forget that it's a business. Mm-hmm. So ooh. advocate for yourself, because nobody else will do it, so. Oh, yeah, that's fun for just a quick little tangent on there. What is like one of
1: your favorite things about working with drummers, or one of the most unique things you've ooh, found? Ooh, drummers are a different
2: breed. Yeah. Uh, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. that is by, the by, voice by of experience. Yes. We're both raised by, <laughs> We're both by, <laughs> by drummers. Right, okay, <laughs> so you understand. Yes. Um, I would say 99.9% of the time they are um, they are humble, mm-hmm. they are gracious, um, they're very easy to work with. Um, you know, in sort of artist relations, there's a, there's a, a guitar company in the building that i work in and sometimes like yeah we'll compare war stories and that kind of thing and uh, you hear about sometimes guitar players are not as easy to work with <laughs> i'm like oh okay i'm gonna go back into my nice happy ooh, kumbaya world <laughs> you know oh my god they're, they're always like everybody comes out of your office and they're like oh i love you see you later great to see you <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh no, my! Like, yeah, they're chill. They're good. You know? They just want sticks. And yes, symbols. exactly. And they thinks things for a living.
0: A long time. Yes. Yeah, they can get they going. can get that aggression out. Like yeah,
2: they that. Why everybody's so chill?
1: Ooh. Think, Ooh. There we go. You know ding, what? Ding, ding. <laughs> that, that was uh, at like, My grandma always <laughs> used to say she could tell the kind of day my dad had, had by how he played the drums. <laughs> <laughs> like if he was just wailing, she'd be like, oh. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> like, that is so let true. Him live. <laughs>
2: yes, right? I think I cracked the code. Yeah, that you did. Yeah. Thank you. See, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still learning every day. <laughs> it's like
0: if, if they come in and they're, they're it's like, go back to the drums, get it all out, yeah, and then come back and the to me.
2: There we right? go. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas, yeah,
1: piano, I just, like, because, <laughs> because I'm playing right. my feelings out, but I play them out, and it's not, like, it is cathartic, mm. by way, but I leave, and I'm like, hmm. See, I play, <laughs> I play piano and I'm sad. It's yeah. that, that melancholy. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Yes, so
2: great, it, but it's, it's, not, it's like so r- indulgent.
1: R- 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 <laughs> yes, right? I'm the bad so much. I'm so dramatic. I'm pained. My minor keys. Oh. This is Saturday at ma'am. <laughs> I know, I know. This is like, we we'll Do you have go. a piano? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so rad.
3: Yeah. Well, you talked about how you have had a lot of experience in music, Mm -hmm. just as a music, someone who appreciates music, but also working closely in the music industry. What do you picture the future looking like for women in music? Like the near future, the distant future. Right. And then where do you see us coming
2: from? Your vision. My vision. Um, Okay. So I think women traditionally had a much a lesser role it was a minor role in industry but it's funny because when you look at management and you look at even record companies that kind of thing there have been a lot of very successful women but much many fewer of them Um, I think with again people women finding it's okay to have your voice and really go for those positions of leadership Um, we're going to have more women doing that they're going to it's it's really interesting because i've been having conversations with katie zildjian who's the 15th generation of the zildjian family and she's involved and you know at some point she'll probably have an even greater role in running the company and one of the things last night we were talking about we're like okay where are we taking this and it was really interesting to sit down just have two women talking about this where we're actually really thinking about where this is going to go. I think women are going to direct it and it's going to be by nature we're much more nurturing but there's a lot of really badass women out there who don't take any shit. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a really nice combination of the two where it's like let's all get along let's have this great family let's take this to the next level where you know We approach it as, look at all these kids coming up. What can we do to nurture that in them? You know, and that nurturing that in them is going to create this future business. So I think there's more foresight in a lot of ways. And we're in it for the long game. So. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: love that. Anna, just really quick tangent again. I'm just doing this all. Did is we? Zildjian privately held? Yes. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've just been thinking about it. I'm reading the Patagonia Founders book, which right. is incredible. But really but interesting. The power that it is being privately held, that they have mm-hmm. had, like, the, the, I don't know, they've been able to be... Quick about making right. changes in their company that they've wanted to make, and right. I imagine that's probably something that's
2: been family-owned and yeah. operated. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Craigie yeah. is day to day. You know, yeah. she's definitely looking at everything. She's aware of everything, and it's great. Amazing. So, yeah. Cool. Well, and actually, accidentally, a perfect segue to where we're, we're <laughs> wrap
1: it up on a fun little note. I think hey. we're. Um, start with story. I want to dig in and ask about everybody's favorite Nam memories, mostly yours, just <laughs> oh any, any fun ones that come to mind, but just like, on, on the family side note, like it was it was this and your involvement with Zildjian that I think really made me bond with Maya, who's now one right. of my favorite humans in the whole world. Like <laughs> we were working at the cafe one day, we were both at, and I walk in and like, this cool chicks just wearing this like even cooler Zildjian t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, that's niche like and it's not niche <laughs> but like i don't know are, are you are, are you a drummer like what what like what <laughs> and she was like yeah my aunt works in And i was like no way have you been to the damn <laughs> show she's like oh yeah i grew up just like playing in those big guitar rooms and i was yep. like no way we've been there the same time all of our lives this is so fun and it Kiss brought me. us together <laughs> yeah and, yeah and so it's it's cool like the the I think I probably just blew out our audio meters with all of that <laughs> high range. I got so excited. But just see, the the way that this industry can connect and when it's at its best and right. keep it together. And Nam um, is a fun microcosm of that. Yes. So
2: as we're sitting here wrapping up day two, what are some just favorite Nam memory that comes to mind? Oh my goodness. One of the best. Um, so, you know, Sunday, you know how chaotic Sunday can get, yeah. especially when yeah. it's day four and everybody is like, I am out of here. <laughs> Done. I've had enough. And I usually we kind of start dismantling things usually a little earlier than technically, you know, the show ends. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run to the bathroom and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change, I'm going to change my teardown clothes and we're getting out of here. And I'm in the bathroom and I hear somebody, you know, come to the the entryway, one of the guys that I work with, and he's like, Kirsten! like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> this time of day? I know. I'm like, what? He's like, Stevie Wander's on the booth and he's looking for you. I'm like, oh. okay, that's not funny. Cause <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm like, really? He's like, Yeah, you want? he came to see he came to talk to you. I shouldn't say he came to talk to you and I was like, Are you kidding me? I'm like, Steve freaking wonder's on the booth oh and my I'm you know, changing my clothes. I'm like, I'll be right there. And I got to hang out with Stevie Wonder and talk product with him and there aren't too many times that you I think, you know, you probably have a sort of similar thing. You don't get really get too starstruck about things. Yeah, but yeah still get a little bit there's time where I was like okay 14 year old me is freaking out right yeah now. yeah and I think that's really important because I think when that doesn't happen anymore it's time to stop that's huge right wow so you know you can still be enough of a fan but I mean that was like I mean, he is such an incredible musician and just multi-instrumentalist and all that and he, like he wanted my Ear. He wanted my advice. He wanted to talk about it. I was like, okay, I can die now.
1: That was it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that Uh-oh. was pretty cool. That's a dream. Would you say that's right. kind of a moment? That's like, this is why I'm doing this. It like, tr- there, there are a lot of those moments. In the other moment, I find there's another. Um, there's a show called Pasic. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know about Progressive Art Society, and mm-hmm. it's it's skewed to. Um, Like, kids in high school, and, you know, they do a lot of band stuff and a lot of clinics. It's strictly percussion, but there's all these kids there that are so thrilled to be there. And you kind of go, I mean, they're your future, you know, some of your future rock stars, some of your future drum corps stars, and you go, all right, this is why you do it. So, that, those little moments, those personal moments you have, and then seeing it through somebody else's eyes, when it starts to maybe stagnate for you, you kind of go, oh, wait, that's pretty cool. So... It's I, nice, love it. I love I those think moments. Music is a unique industry in that that we they're not hard to find those moments. No. It's it's so universal and it's it's funny because music to me is it's really kind of everything. It's it's every emotion. You know, one of those things where you ever have those days where you kinda go, I just need to cry. Yeah, yes. so, yeah, yeah. We melancholy piano players. Yes, <laughs> I do and I'll get in my car and I'll find the Satisfying, I can. (laughs) It's just cathartic, but I couldn't do that without music. No. No. No, no
0: music there's music can help like any sort of emotion it's like there's huge. something for every yes feeling like yep. you you want to get your frustration out all right you got something for you right. like if you need to just like sit and like sit in your feelings there's plenty of that for
1: you <laughs> like, well and you know why because it psychologically <laughs> like activates your empathy centers mm-hmm. and yeah. your heart. like Absolutely. you literally feel like there is someone comforting you mm-hmm. when you hear a song that is matching your emotion like it's magical which is the whole point also we are everything is a sound wave everything is a wiggle mm-hmm. every like life itself is a vibrating <laughs> atom <laughs> The wonderful great Don Lewis who said the song that we did last year and I cried like and so music is literally just our emotions are also just vibrating things so music is that vibration and of course they are one and the same it's just different iterations sometimes they
2: meet and sometimes they clash yeah 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 and it's you just gotta have the right playlist for it you (laughs) gotta have a million playlists for a million different moments well it's so interesting too because like with
0: like coming off of the pandemic like looking back at that heart of twenty twenty I there were certain albums that got me through that time. I was listening to the Broadway soundtrack of Jagged Little Pill on my walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I loved, like, yep. just Jagged Little Pill and Melanis and that whole album. I love that album. But I don't know, for some reason, the adaptation of that musical, like, I just, I would go on a walk, and I'd be, like, angry with the world, and I'm just, like, blasting all mm-hmm. I really want. And, but like, it takes you on that journey. But it takes you on that journey, yeah. and then I would come back from the walk and be like, okay, all right. <laughs>
2: Next. <laughs> yes. It, it's healing, it's cathartic, it's energizing, it's yeah. everything. I love it. Woo! Can we, well, get, we get to do this?
0: <laughs> thank you so much oh, for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really, this I'm, was amazing. I'm and
2: honored to be invited. So, thank you. Well, we're honored to have you. <laughs> yeah. My says hi. My, so <laughs> My, <is so> <laughs> My so
0: And that's a wrap. We're live at Nam. Thanks for listening to this episode of Revoicing the Future. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major streaming platforms or visit our website. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on all things Women of Nam. This episode was co-produced and edited by Natalie Morrison, Stephanie LeBond, and Julia Olson. Together, we can help shape the future of our industry one interval at a time. See you next time.